Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. I'm joined today by my special guest, Jordan Angeli, NWSL analyst. On today's show, we're chatting Week 10 action across NWSL. We're going to recap some matches. We're going to touch a little bit on the Women's Champions League final because what a game. But we've got five games to recap. There's one more to go tonight. And I'm happy to have you on the show, Jordan, because uh, you're going to play a big role in tonight's yeah. match. <laughs> I I will not be on the field, everybody, so don't get your hopes too high. <laughs> I like that tee up, Sandra. Um, I will be on the call, though, with Mike Watts. I'm, I'm really excited because... Um, I have not, I have been calling NWSL games since 2017. I have never called a game, um, in a stadium. So I'm very, I'm really excited to be able to be a part of this because, um, it's a big, it's a big game and both these teams need to win here tonight. I know we'll get to it a little bit, um, maybe later on, but yeah, it's a little gloomy in LA, but it's going to be sunny tonight because I am going to be all smiles in the stadium. We were just we were just chatting a little bit off mic, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I love that for you so much." Um, it yeah. makes it's a difference. It makes a difference when you can yeah. take the game in when you can take the game fun. in live and in action. So I'm I'm excited to hear you on the call. I know that's how I'm going to close out my night tonight. But I the way we're going to start our day today is with recapping um, some matches that have already taken place. So once again, thanks everybody for joining us live on our YouTube. If you don't, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out whenever we go live. Okay. And if you only listen to us as a podcast, we appreciate that too. So make sure you follow and leave us a rating and review wherever you subscribe. Let's get to it. Let's recap some games. Jordan, I've got our picks in front of us. There's a couple that we missed <laughs> out on, but you know what? Um, the draw in this one, I got to say, uh, grateful that I went ahead and <laughs> stated that. You had racing in this one, Jordan. I did. Um, this one comes down to a 1-1 draw. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I thought Spirit were going to run away with this one because they get on the board somewhat early yeah. in the game here. And I'm like, oh, they're 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 in. They're going to run away with this because it just sort of felt like in that first half they had all of that momentum and all that energy. But Louisville, Katie Lund making some saves. Sometimes sometimes the goalkeeper can change and shift the momentum a little bit. What, what were some of your yeah. takes from this game? 
I know I think everybody, when they saw Trinity Rodman running in space, they thought this is going to be a long night for racing Louisville. She won that race. And I think it showed you just how good Trinity Rodman can be in those moments because her poise to just shift a couple of times and get away from the defender and the goalkeeper um, and place the ball for that early lead for Washington was just so savvy and classy. But I, I liked so many things about what actually racing did with the ball and with their tweaks. I've really liked what Kim Kim Bjorkgren has done for them over the last couple of years. And in this game specifically, they they tweaked a couple of things. They played Ari Borges a little bit deeper. And sometimes it would rotate Jalen Howell out wide so they could try to stretch out that diamond centrally for Washington. And I think it posed a lot of problems for Washington. They didn't know how to press with two... Uh, deeper midfielders because that's not typically how Louisville plays. And so, and then when the the midfielders stretched wide, it pushed their outside backs higher. And I thought that racing did a really good job in some of those rotations. It looked really good. They created a lot of chances. Um, so I was, I was really impressed with the game plan from Bjorka Grin and it, it paid off as they um, got a really good finish. I, I did ha- write down, I wanted to say 60th minute, Watch Louisville build out of the pressure. If you have, if you want to go back and watch this game on Paramount Plus, go to the 60th minute, and they go from their goalkeeper at a um, at a goal kick, and they build through the high press of Washington and get a corner kick on the other end. It was like a thing of beauty, Sandra. I loved it. Sometimes that when that early goal happens, it's like it can amp you up, right? And maybe yeah. in a different direction where it's like you're in such you're you're in como that you you ultimately start getting these looks or get into dangerous spaces, but it's not that final pass or that final touch isn't exactly working out. So you go into mm-hmm. a halftime with such an early lead and you're like, okay, well, we have to keep working. Yeah. You know, and you have your opposition who's on the road and the visiting side that wants to spoil that and obviously figure out a way to 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 steal that from you. And I love that you brought that kind of hour mark. But even even though that equalizer comes um just before yeah uh, it comes on a dead ball situation right so the, yeah uh, you know savannah de Mello, right we talked a little bit about her in the preview about um you know is is this a player that the footage is out on it is it is it the is the breakup as a breakup performance is something that's like sustainable. Apparently it is. Um, And uh, it's, it's when you've got, I think that kind of caliber player at at this, at this moment, you kind of, maybe you just continue to ride that hot streak. Right. Yeah. What's Um, interesting about that real quick, Sandra, is it comes from the right side, the buildup to the PK comes from the right side and it's Wong Shuang who's been so good. And and she's a part of those rotations that happens all the time. And this time it's Borges, Millet and Wong Shuang who kind of all find this good rotation on the right side. And DeMello ends up getting the, like, uh, converting the PK. But I, I just thought that that was such a crafty way of using Borges um, running into space late on by playing her a little bit deeper. Uh, this is a fun Louisville squad. And I, I think it was a deserved point on the road yeah. um, because Washington had their moments. And um, I, th- I think Sam Staub was played another good game she's the player that i i have question marks do you think she's gonna get a look at the national team after you know, this cycle i i think i mean after the world cup yeah, yeah. i think anything's possible i think yeah. there's been just too there's been too much good play 
from club players across the league in, in very specific positional areas that the national team has has maybe kind of circled as as positions um, that players are competing for. Um, so I would love to see it, uh, right. honestly. But I just this kind of game, I think, just sort of it just sort of had the the look and feel of like. Um, of like what NWSL culture is, you know, like you have these, these moments where it's like, oh, it's like, here's this really chaotic kind of breakout early goal, but then you have the opposition that's like, no way. Like, we're mm-hmm. just not gonna let it yeah. get away from us. And then you just see everything come down to this second half and, um, yeah, whether it was it was the, the penalty kick conversion or um, God, kind of the physicality too. We saw a lot of yeah. yellows. We saw the, a red. We didn't even mention the, the, the oh, red. Oh yeah, red. Like it got it got a little choppy and chippy toward, towards the end there. But um, the the draw in terms of the the momentum and how it ultimately shifted, really how racing came out, kind of stole it right back. Um, kind of just felt right. It felt kind of fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're maybe some of those players who are kind of looking ahead a little bit and eyeing a world cup, you know, you want to take a look at these performances, maybe see where you can build on those yeah. and in roll those into the next week. I think, you know, Rodman, Sanchez, you know, Hatch, a trio of players are going to say, okay, what could have we have done, you know, better or differently to kind of make sure that we would have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. came out with the win versus uh, just the result. But split yeah. points between these two for now. Let's talk about another rivalry. Let's talk about Oil Rain versus Portland Thorns. We were amped on this one, Jordan. We said there's nothing like the Cascadia rivalry that if there's a game folks want to try to watch over the weekend, try to watch this one because there were a ton of games kicking off mm-hmm. around similar times on, on Saturday. And the Portland Thorns take the win in this one. It's 2-0, and they prove us both wrong. You had to draw. I went with the rain in this one, and Portland had other plans they said not only we're going to come out here and get this win we're going to close out this weekend at number one so their win over the rain shifts the table once more they're sitting on top of the standings right now uh to start off june with 19 points and number Mm -hmm. one what a game in this yeah we're going to see a lot of shuffling i think at the top of the table through the next couple of months but i was first off i want to say throughout the entire game i think this game was one in the midfield And Portland Thorns midfield was outstanding in this game. I think Crystal Dunn won more first and second balls than I have ever seen her win. I thought Sam Coffey was great on the ball. She helped pull apart the midfield of Rain. Um, she, She was showing in really crucial spots when Portland was trying to build up. And then whether it was Olivia Moultrie in the first half, who I think adds a little bit more um, dynamic movement to that mid midfield and can stretch between the lines and find those nice little seams and pockets or the goal scorer sink who comes in later in the game. I, I think they just ran the show. Those three ran the show away from home in Seattle. It was a much cleaner game than we thought. I, I don't think I'm trying to think about it. I, there were, was there a yellow? If there, there were a couple. There were a couple of yellows. I mean, but, maybe um, not as physical as before. Like yeah, the, not as physical. Like past, I but. thought, but I think one of the reasons it wasn't is because Portland was really good on the ball. Oh my goodness! And when you're good on the ball and you move it quickly, you deny the other team opportunities for confrontation. So um, that was my biggest. I have a lot of things written down because I loved this game, but yeah. um, that was my biggest point. I thought the midfield was 
absolutely excellent. Look, I, I think if you have an opportunity to have done coffee, Moultrie, mm-hmm. involved in that mental third, um, you gotta you gotta go with it. Uh, I mean, and I mean no disrespect to to someone like Christine Sinclair because she ends up coming into this game yeah. late and you know kind of icing this match and, and sealing all three points. But I you I just you just can't deny uh, what the that trio of players provide in that middle third for this Thorns squad. I mean, we were really eager to see what these two teams were going to look like head to head in this phase of the season as they're approaching that midway point um, because we I think we were both in agreement that when you're looking at the the overall rosters of these two teams they're two of the deepest mm-hmm. teams oh yeah in the league um, and and maybe that that kind of shows its head a little bit in, in a game like this where you know there's a Rose Lavelle who's still unavailable uh, just Fishlock a kind of a late yeah scratch there you know what does a player like that provide you know for uh for the rain as they're kind of trying to stay in this game throughout it a big rivalry game in front of lots of fans right there was a double header uh mm-hmm. as well this day so i'm with you though now maybe not as a uh, chippy or choppy or as physical uh, before but um i think just undeniable what uh what the thorns are, are presenting right now especially uh when you've got got that trio in, involved uh, again it's so funny i think we should also shed light a little bit on morgan weaver and and, and yes. her movement in this game just kind of just relentless just this type of uh player who could just get in there and just you could just say hey go out there run them down and she'll go ahead and and do that but a lot of other silver linings i think for for the thorns i think if, if you look at this current midway point of this mm-hmm. season i mean players who are looking in good and strong form. Um, you're probably getting as close to your ideal starting 11 as you want. And it's so funny to even say that out loud. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? That was a great, they did great. They won, they got the win. But I I, I think maybe like Becky Sarabun, you, you want to have her, you know, healthy and fit yeah. and that's close to your, you know, ideal starting 11. But again, the the depth of this squad, you're just, you can yeah. have a team A and you can have a team B essentially. Mm-hmm moving forward and, but and know. they got Becky back for a few minutes at, at yep. the end of the game which was really important and there there was a moment right uh, I don't know his last 10 five ten minutes of the game where coffee goes in for a tackle and the ball just kind of pops out in this really dangerous spot and there's Becky just to clean it up and it just felt like she didn't miss a beat so I I think that for Portland there there are a lot of silver linings I think Hina Sagita is one of oh, the yeah. best wingers in this league I know I talked about her last time but um, Morgan Weaver has been excellent. And the play that they end up scoring their second goal on sync comes a lot from, it, it's about a six pass sequence. It's a second ball, one in the midfield by Crystal Dunn. Then it's good patience from the Thorns because Seattle at that point, we're sitting in a pretty good block. So it's patience, but the run from Weaver comes from inside to out. And so it just picks apart this back line she can use her speed to go beyond and stretch the back line. And then there's just tons of space at the top of the box for Christine Sinclair. So I, I think both of the goals were excellent. Good to get Sophia Smith back on the scoreboard. She said at halftime, I, you know, I was trying not to overthink it, but when you're forward and you're not scoring, yeah. it's really hard to try not to overthink it. But the way she accelerates and finds space and um, manipulates defenders we are watching a player who I think is going to be one of the best forwards we ever see in 
in women's soccer. It, just the way Sophia Smith thinks the game, she wants to be a part of the buildup, but she can also finish. She can run in behind. She has all of the um, different tools to her in her toolbox. And I, I just love the way she plays and she's hard not to talk a lot about, but it was a, um, it was a very convincing performance by the oh, Thorns. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I don't think you're, um, I don't think you're overreaching at all. I think you're hitting yeah. right in the head when it comes, comes to Smith, the performance like that, I think just makes you even more excited about what's ahead for her, the team specifically, and obviously like what she can potentially uh, produce yeah. in the world cup for the national team at the international level. Uh, but solid performance. I think if there were, it was one of those, I think performances from the thorns where it's like, even if you had, if you even if you were allowing doubt to creep in a little bit, this type of game kind of erases some of those doubts. I think around there, and I think for the rain, there's there's some here, there's some things here for for them to work. And I, I, that's something I liked at least Bennett getting the start. I know you had mentioned yeah. that you wanted to to continue to see that those small small things, right? Silver linings that you're trying to take out of uh, losses, maybe rolling into to next week and next per the next performances. Um, but uh, I think with losses like these, I think these are the ones that maybe sting a little bit. I think when you're mm-hmm. kind of those upper half table teams and you're going up against what is considered kind of playoff caliber type of talent and you're not able to to get out these results or get out these wins you know maybe it leaves things on the board for you maybe it creates seeds of doubts but uh we'll we'll see how uh oh well rain respond from a performance like this we've got one more game to recap uh, before we take a quick break let's chat a little bit about Houston Dash versus Orlando Pride because we both had the pride in our picks for this one. Jordan and Houston Dash said, pump those brakes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they didn't. Maybe they said, go, yeah. go, 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 because they win this one yeah. to zero. We got to talk about how this uh, some of these goals came to life, though. We, let's talk a little bit about uh, Michelle Alozzi. I mean, uh, maybe we're looking, we were looking for um, – some adjustments or, or some response mm-hmm. and, and tactics and formation, I think from Sam Lady and the coaching staff um, when it came to the attack and then that front line for this uh, Houston dash side, you know, what's not working, what is working, you know, yeah. how, how are we going to get it clicking together? Is it, is it because of uh, lingering knocks or injuries or rotation? Uh, but we're, we're starting to maybe see some things figure themselves out with Sanchez and, and, and Elozi kind of uh, in these wide spaces here. Yeah, and it's interesting because we didn't think that. We thought that it was going to be the the front three was going to be maybe the one of the most difficult in NWSL with Salmon, Ordonez, and Sanchez. But now we're seeing Alozi come in, and, and what she adds that's a little bit different than Ebony Salmon is she wants the ball at her feet, and she wants to dribble at players. And Sanchez gives you that on the left side, but she's always looking for the cross, where Alozi isn't. She She's like, hey, I'm going to get after you. I'm going to go towards goal, and I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable as a defender. And the, in last week's game, when they played Kansas City, I was – Asking a lot in the in the commentary, I was saying I, I think Alozi needs to be a little bit more aggressive in her positioning. She needs to find the pocket and then drive at players. And I love that that is exactly what we saw from this goal. That it is her in confidence going one v one and finding a goal that way. This is a different look for Houston, but what Houston needs right now is some consistency, and they need goal scoring. And so they go with the same three that they, they did the last game and it, and it pays off up front with a goal from Alozi this time. But um, I think the biggest thing, Sandra, is Houston hasn't been good at home. And they came out and they 
punched Orlando in the face and said, hey, we're going hard right from the start. We're not going to let this um, be slow at all. Um, yeah, a little miscue off of the the corner kick that leads to the first goal. But I like the intensity from Houston at home because that should be the hardest place to play in NWSL, and they haven't made it that way. So I, that was one of the most impressive things for me of this performance from them. No, I'm with you 100%. Uh, that first goal, um, combination of, of Sophie Hurst's, you know, knowing her assignment and combination yeah. of Morehouse with a bit of an oops, you know, you can't, you make that kind of error, it's, it, you're going to pay for it. And Hurst is there to deliver the dagger in that opening goal. Yeah, I, I think that that's part of it is you as a player have to know your assignment, but you also have to be alert and, and, and ready. Because if you're not ready for and thinking that that ball is going to come to you no matter what, you're not scoring that goal. So I, I like that Hurst gets a goal because she's been really good. She's come in and played over the last handful of games um, as a holding midfielder. It gives uh, Sophia Schmidt a little bit more room to play. And she's just solid. I, you don't notice her a lot. But those are sometimes the best sixes is they just break down the play. They don't do a lot. They connect their passes and they get on with the game. And so I I think it's kind of a a nice little cherry on top of some good performances for her over the last few weeks that she ends up getting what what is the the game winning goal in this one in what the first five, six minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Again, another one of those games that just tell you, oh, that's what the NWSL is about. (laughs) Another one of those good examples in this game. Um, For Orlando, you know, on the the losing side of this is going to be their second loss, second consecutive loss after going on on an unbeaten streak there. some of the adjustments I think maybe that they can make out of this, but looking ahead, I mean, we saw maybe some rotation, um, you know, minutes management as, as the world cup gets closer as, as challenge cup continues to, to crank up um, Marta coming in into this second half of the game. And you kind of see immediately the impact that she brings uh, to a game Doyle on for bright Watt on for, for, for Tim rack. Um, maybe part of a game here where they were still, we're not quite at the halfway point. Is there something here from the coaching staff where they're saying, well, let's try to like compete in this match, but still get some looks across the board of our roster here. Yeah, I I think so. It's hard. It's hard with the amount of games. Some of these teams have had in the month of May um, with also some big tournaments and big with all the injuries that have been happening around the world. Everybody wants to make it to July 20th, feeling good and healthy, making sure they can make a roster. So um, I I think for Orlando, it is a little bit about that. But one of the things I've really enjoyed about Seb Hines and getting to know him as a, a coach in this league is he has confidence in the way that they, the the culture that they've built, the way that they want to play and the best way as he knows to learn that is to get players in there and to give them opportunities. And it's a really young lineup. If you just look at the the midfield here for Orlando, who started with Via Corta, Clough and Abello, you know, Abello, not, not as, or sorry, Tim Rack, Tim Rack playing in there um, as well. And Abello, um, a part of the roster. I think Abella played centrally and Tim Rack was wide. So I think I had that right. The, the midfield is just pretty young. And I think when you start to take some of those players out of the lineup who like Marta, who maybe isn't the Marta of the past, but the experience that she has to control the pace of a game just through getting her the ball and saying, Hey, 
can you slow this down a little bit? Yeah. Um, is something that I think is missed out in times, especially when you go down early in a game. So um, I credit Seb Hines for saying, all right, go get after this. And I think he has some really good players on his squad, but you're going to go through these kinds of ups and downs when you have a really young squad. But the strides that Orlando has made over the last month and a half I think are really good and they've progressed farther than I think um, a lot of people thought they would after the first few games of season, you know, we're almost halfway through and I think they're at a good spot. Um, tough coming off a couple of losses, but they really can perform well and they, they know what's expected of them. And I think they're starting to perform that way week in and week out. Um, just a tough one away on the road. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I look Houston, I think getting, some some points at a, at a pretty crucial time. Uh, Jane Campbell with an outstanding performance, and and just sort of thinking about like her response and in, in, in last week's results, saying that they don't want to peak at the wrong time. They feel like maybe they're putting the pieces together right when they need to be because it's it's a long season, and yeah. so it wasn't too surprising to see her have such a really good game uh, for right. the Houston Dash side, and big for them to get that win at home. Yeah. Like and someone just said in the ch- in the chat, two clean sheets in a row for Dash, which is is huge Matter. for them. Yeah. Um, because if you're not, they they weren't scoring goals, but they were. Th- so things weren't clicking on the offensive side, but to also say now, okay, we're, we've solidified it defensively, and we're finding some ways to get goals. Really big result for them on both sides of the ball. Absolutely, put put puts them up in the uh, number six spot. So they're sitting in that upper half of the table, heading into right. halfway point. So congrats to Houston on picking up all three points. We've got a couple more games to recap for you. So stick with us after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right. Let's chat a little bit about a game that had multiple former players playing against each other. Those were the big storylines going into this one. We're going to talk about Kansas City Current versus North Carolina Courage. The Current picking up a win, snapping their losing streak 1-0 against North Carolina Courage. Kind of a big deal because we were talking about in the preview that uh, not only did we have them as our picks for for the courage, um, Jordan, but we were talking a lot about why and just sort of yeah. 
just to echo a little bit of what you were mentioning about Orlando, the courage, another one of these teams kind of um, putting together and stringing together these performances, perhaps ahead of schedule, right? Mm -hmm. Another team kind of um, who view themselves in a bit of a rebuilding and retooling year and coming into Kansas City uh, on an unbeaten streak putting together good performances and a team that really likes to keep the ball. So we were curious about whether or not the current would even, you know, have time enough time on the ball to, to go ahead and, and have an impact. But Kristen Hamilton game winner, you'll love to see it. Kristen Hamilton is back. Yep. And you know what? Kansas city looked more like Kansas city than we have seen them. I think this year um, they, they, you, you mentioned North Carolina wants the ball, and they said, go ahead, take the ball. We, we don't really need the ball. And I thought that that was a really brave step right away um, from Caroline uh, Ware-Bloom to say, we're going to play in a 5-4-1. So it was a lot more compact. They, they sat in um, at moments in the beginning of that game, Sandra. I don't know if you noticed this. The back line to the forward line of Kansas City, 20 yards. They were so compact. 20 yards. They're saying, if you played over the top – we have our, our backs can beat you to that ball. And so you're not going to win the foot race against us, North Carolina, but we're going to be able to, to not let you possess through the lines and do all the rotations that North Carolina likes to do. So I think it was a really good game plan from the beginning, but what I loved about Kansas city is like the dog was back, the X factor, the fight, the grit, the um, you know, and a lot of that helps is they have some great forwards, but you mentioned Kristen Hamilton getting the game-winning goal. Kristen Hamilton is one of the best nines in this league because she knows how to set herself up against the defense, grab an outlet ball from her team, and find a way out of situations. It's not always pretty. Sometimes it's a tackle and she wins the ball that, that pops loose on the other side and finds a way to connect. Sometimes she dribbles through. There was one time she dribbled through three players who were coming at her. She is just so good at ball retention that it allows Kansas City, who then if you're playing in this really deep formation, if you have an outlet who can hold it for you, then you can run forward with pace and with numbers. And that's when they feel most confident and they looked confident in this game. And I think a lot of it hinged on Kristen Hamilton getting 45 minutes they get the goal early from that type of situation um, where the ball is held up a few good passes from Kansas City on the right side. And then we knew it was going to happen sooner or later with Kristen Hamilton being back in. It comes from Dabinia. Yeah. She finds Hamilton. Those two played together at North Carolina yeah. for a long time. They get their first combination for a goal here in Kansas City. And yeah, I just... I was like, who is this Kansas City team? It is not who we have seen this year. Is is this just like an early glimpse for us? I, I, look, we're heading into week 11 now. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Kansas City fans have been waiting for it. I mean, that was right. one of the biggest... Um, uh, one of the biggest bits of analysis, I think, coming out of Dabinia's free agency signing with the current was um, her reuniting with Kristen Hamilton. Yes. Is this just like, or is this just like a small glimpse of what KC fans can can expect to come maybe in the second half? Yeah, I do. And Kansas City is like, all right, it's about um, 10 weeks into the season. Yes. This is when we turned it on last year. So we'll just um, do the same thing again. You know, I, I do think Kansas City has had some some performances that haven't been, you know, results haven't gone their way in, in some games, but they've had some performances where they've been played off the field, absolutely played off the field. And I think they would say that 
one of the things that is every time they have this little bump is they get a player back. They get the bump with Dabinia back. They get the bump with Hamilton back. They get DiBernardo back. They still have, we haven't seen Morgan Gatra at all for this team. Yeah. So I put her in the midfield and see how much better this team plays. It is they had a lot of injury issues. So mm-hmm. I think that that has been a part of the slow start. But I really do think that they need to stick with this style of you know stop switching formations. And I know where Bloom wants to play in a four three three. But it didn't work out. And with the players that they have at center back positions, they're just too young to have that type of responsibility. I think it makes everybody else feel comfortable. Haley Mace looks comfortable. Del Fava had a much better performance. Um, they just like, this might be the game where we look back and say, this is when Kansas City got their groove back. I think you could be right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they carry into uh, into week 11. It bumps them up out of last place so you got to start somewhere right Right. and get you back uh, out of last place and uh for for the courage it just bumps them just out of the upper half of the table but listen it wasn't for lack of effort they had yeah lots of good opportunities they Mm -hmm. definitely had the ball throughout nearly all of the uh of the 90 minutes there i'm sure there's some good things for them to take out of this game moving forward and the brazilians in this league are must watch tv they have been so good caroline is so fun to watch she goes on a one-man show there um in the second half i thought north carolina was much better in the second half but how much does that have to do with not having an outlet in in hamilton to really hold the ball up so um i think north carolina solved pressure a little bit more we're better at playing diagonal balls long instead of straight balls into um into the space and beyond that Kansas City was giving them but but couldn't find an answer to just a really deep block for Kansas City so um yeah good for Kansas City and getting a win at home they've um had really good uh showings at Children's Mercy and so that was just such a nice note to end their weekend on to get a victory in front of their home fans yeah absolutely uh, let's uh, chat about the fifth and final game that took place over the course of this weekend. Last one that we're going to recap before we start to close out the episode. we got to talk about Gotham FC versus San Diego Wave FC. Another one of these matches that we were really excited about because, again, we're curious about whether or not some of these matchups that we're getting a look at early in this first half of the season are potential playoff previews. You take a look at any, take a little bit of a closer look anytime maybe some of those uh, upper half of the table teams go head to head. We both had Gotham in this one with good reason. They right? didn't give us any reason to pick against them except except Casey Stoney said, I am your kryptonite. Because <laughs> Juan Carlos Amros has struggled to get a victory against Casey Stoney in seven matches. They're head to head. It's all going the way. That's crazy. Stoney, a 1-0 win for San Diego on the road. We talked about that, too. We said, listen, how much is this team going to have in the tank? That's not an easy travel. They've got some quick turnaround going on. What's the rotation going to look like for this team? I think we maybe saw some of the effects of that a little bit. We saw Alex Morgan go down a few times, look uh-huh. like with some some cramping. You know, I know folks holding their breath a little bit anytime they see that Jordan so yeah. close to to a World Cup. But San Diego delivering 
when it counts, when it matters, Jaden Shaw, the phenom, we got to just highlight this because she delivers Please. what's essentially the game-winning assist to Mackenzie Doniak. The adjustments, the coaching battle, that's where it was won. You'll love to see it. One yeah, and, San Diego and it, it was a pretty stale first half when you talk about it, opportunities and, um, you know, everything came. I, w- I was just looking at some of these stats for, for the first half. Gotham had four shots. San Diego had one, zero shots on target for either team. And then in the second half, 11 shots for Gotham, eight for San Diego, and then three shots on target and four respectively for both of those teams. It really opened up in the second half. And you have to think, well, maybe it opened up because of some of these changes that were made um, and the adjustments that were tweaked at halftime. But when you bring in a player like Jaden Shaw um, coming into the game there, I, I thought that, her and Doniak, who have been – Doniak's been so good for this Wave squad. I think she really understands what Casey Stoney is asking of her, and she has thrived. I know she's been in the league for a long time, but I, I feel like she's found a spot where she can really flourish with her skill set, where she, she's good on the dribble, but she's also really good at timing her runs in certain situations. And right off the halftime, you make a couple of subs, a few seconds later you're seeing the ball go in the back of the net. Um but yeah, you know I'm I'm gonna toot the horn of Jaden Shaw all day long because I am probably mildly obsessed with this player and what she can do. Um, what did I put her as a, a bubble player for my? Yeah. Real, I really wanted to put her on my World Cup team. Um, I just think she she does things like this where everybody's like, "Whoa, she's 18. Yep. She's just starting as a professional." but she understands the game at, at a very high level and, and knows the right play at the right time. And here this pass was just a thing of beauty. Um, so yeah, huge result. And uh, Juan Carlos Amros, I know it was just his birthday the other day, but that's not a good birthday present. Um, <laughs> a loss at home in front of what, 14,000 people, oh, which m- m- might've been a little bit of um it's a great atmosphere and it's something that San Diego is very, very used to at home. And I would say for Gotham, this is something they want to be used to is having 14,000 people at the game all the time. Um, So maybe that pulls into, puts it into play a little bit, but regardless, I love that San Diego goes in there and figures out a way to get a win against. um, Yeah. I think the best team in NWSL right now. Yeah, because, I mean, look, it wasn't for lack of effort, right? I mean, I think right. you know, Lynn Williams with seemed to, you know, cover a lot of ground like she has been for this first half of the season, three shots, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the team. He has been right as well on, on the opposite side, equally, you know, covering a ton of ground, getting um, three shots off on her own. You know, Christy Mewis with, you yeah. know, another another good game. It's, it's, it's you, you look at multiple individual performers on, on Gotham, you could say, hey, solid game just yes. the goal just never came for them and sometimes uh, it breaks down it does sort of shake out that way and i think i look i think it's a, a totally fair point um to bring up the the environment in the atmosphere it was awesome to see and yeah. hear on the stream um the sights and the sounds of the crowd for for gotham at red bull arena um but it's it's uh you know not something that happens on, on a week-to-week mm-hmm. basis and maybe that could kind of really amp you up you know in the opposite side yeah. of things and where you're too cranked up in, in front of your home side to to go 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 that things aren't connecting in the ways that you want them mm-hmm. to connect and, and the point that you made about san diego where they're they're like this doesn't actually really face us 
Yeah, exactly. And I, w- I would just say that second half is going to people want bring people back wanting wanting more because yeah. it was, um, you know, I know Gotham doesn't win, but I think you go to that game and you're like, oof. I want to be a part of this. And that's yes. exactly what's happened time and time and time and time again in NWSL across um, different clubs. So I, I think that Gotham, I know Yell Averbush West, the GM there, tweeted it just, you know, not the result we wanted, but the performance and the what we're building in this club is something to be really proud of. And I, I would agree. It's been really impressive to see what Gotham has done. I will just say, too, um, Jenna Nyswanger has been amazing for Gotham, really good. And this was a really challenging situation to put her in as a young outside back, never played that position before. This is a tracking a run across the whole back line. You know, she's put in a difficult spot. And I would say that is a moment where I think we're going to see her learn how to deal with that a little bit better in the next situation. And unfortunately, that's just kind of how it goes. You have to learn those lessons in certain ways. And I, I, I just would say it was a tough tough way to give up a goal, but I, I think that she's done really good playing outside back and it fits a lot of her um, skill sets. So I, I think this is going to be a, a point for Gotham where uh, they're not going to like losing at home and I'm not going to be the next team, want to be the next team that plays them. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm with you hundred percent. Look, the rookies are having, um, we're having, we're witnessing another really good rookie class in, in yes. 2023. Really good. Um, I love that you mentioned Nicewanger. I, I would even argue to say that, you know, Sierra Enge for, for the wave on the other yeah. side of that. Good yes. in the midfield in the middle third with the with the wave and maybe the early beginnings of something for for the wave with, you know, kind of, um, you know, dual defensive mids there with with Cola Prico and, and Enge. We'll see what comes out of that in the second half of the season. But the result, of course, shifts the table. That upper half is so, so narrow. It drops Gotham to number four after holding first place for two weeks and jumps up the wave to number two with 19 points. So you've got Thorns and Wave level with 19 points, but the tiebreakers going by way of the Thorns. So it's narrow as ever. That's all five games uh, that have taken place so far over the course of the weekend for Week 10 action. There's one more game that's taking place tonight between Angel City and Chicago Red Stars. We're going to chat a little teeny tiny bit about it. We'll just revisit our picks. So stay with us after a quick break eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for hanging out with us all episode, folks. We want to chat a little bit about Women's Champions League and, of course, close out with the final game that's going to take place uh, in NWSL today. We have to talk about Barcelona versus Wolfsburg because we did preview this <laughs> game, Jordan, and we said not going to be easy no. for Barcelona against Wolfsburg. Uh, I think we both gave the edge to to Barcelona, just saying that there might just be a little bit too much there. No, I said and Wolfsburg. Did you have them as a win? Oh, I, yeah. Forgive me, forgive me. Listen, they had that first half in its grasp. They could, they could just feel that trophy, but tail two halves here. Yeah. We saw well, Barcelona come up with come out with three, three two win for Barcelona in, in this uh chaotic, chaotic Champions League match. Exactly what the people watching wanted, yeah. right? I, I I think it was when you talk about the scoreline of tail of two halves, but when you talk about the play on the field, I mean Ooh. Barcelona was knocking hard on Ooh. the door to get a goal in the first half. So I wouldn't have been surprised if it was two to one at halftime, if it was even mm-hmm. two to two at halftime, because I think Barcelona had created enough chances to be able to say um, that they were in this game and they were in it. Clearly. Uh, I think the the biggest thing for me, Sandra, when we were talking over on Friday about this game is I said, Wolfsburg has just tactically, they, they have been through some things. They've known how to switch press a game late if they need that um, goal. They have the ability to come back. I just felt like they had a little bit more um, depth to what they had learned in the Champions League and and the competition that they face every week in the Bundesliga. So I went for them because of that. But then Barcelona says, okay, Jordan, we see that. We're going to show you we have some grit and some ability to come back. Three goals in the second half. Get out. Yeah. Crazy, crazy performance by them. Um, yeah, I, I think it would have been a blast to be there in Eindhoven because it looked like a great crowd, a beautiful day, and just a wild game with some some really good goals. Not surprised Pop got on the scoreboard as well um, for Wolfsburg. In Barcelona just showed that they can score anytime, anywhere, no matter what. Yeah, Bar- Barcelona. They finally they finally get that uh, second title. Um, you know, their four appearances already in, in a Champions League final. Now finally get to to claim a, a second title. But look, Wolfsburg still on the hunt for that elusive third. You know, they've they're trying to get their first since since 2014, and and you know, it almost sort of looked like fatigue kind of set in yeah. a little bit for oh, me. Like, so, oh. You know, kind of yeah, kind of when you're looking at that second half and kind of how it kind of roll, rolls out towards towards the end there. Um, you come out, maybe it's it's a it's a part of the tactics, right? You you come out that aggressive, you you spend so and expel so much of that energy in that press that maybe you kind of leave a little bit empty um you know towards towards a latter stage of of a game. Um and then for Barcelona to kind of come out in the second half, but to to get back in this game so quickly, you know, you have not just one but a double from um Guijaro to, to sort of get that equalizer and it's just like it just hits the reset button yeah automatically and it's like game on here we go um but 
gosh, he, former Wolfsburg players uh, haunting their former yeah. team. Graham oh. Hansen delivering the assist, you know, Rolfo getting the game winner. Um, it was very cool to sort of hear from the both of them in, in post-game comments as well. They kind of touched on that. They're just like, yeah. it's very, very tough. Um, gosh, yeah. Carolyn Graham Hansen, a killer. Yes. Absolute She's killer. killer. She, she got asked about, you know, halftime adjustments. And she was like, we always kind of believed in it. It wasn't some like crazy rah-rah um speech that took place it's like we knew we had to get in and she was like for me i just thought back to that previous champions league final and i said not happening again and i, I was like it. you are a killer dude i, I love it jeez <laughs> yeah they absolutely brought it um in, in the second half just looking like that kind of um machine right that we've kind of known them uh, to witness them to be uh, so far i know there was you know you you look for the angles and the storylines and narratives going into such a big game right. like this, and i think folks you know oh it's like they had their um, their winning streak snapped um you know they dropped the final game of of the league even though they end up winning Liga F you know and it's just like all those little things where it's like are they tired or are they burnt out and then it's just they just kind of uh, snapped us all back into reality yeah. with that uh with that three goal mm-hmm. half. so congratulations to Barcelona that's going to be it for attacking third but I do want to revisit our picks just in case folks forgot Jordan, you and I both going for Angel City in this final week 10 match between uh, Los Angeles and Chicago here. Now that uh, availability reports have dropped, now that you've done all of your in- yeah. extensive research for the call on the game, are you changing your pick? Does, does something like seeing those availability reports sway you one way or the other, or are you doubling down on Angel City? I'm going to double down, Sandra. I'm just going to go with it. Um, Ertz and LaRue are not on the injury report, so they are available tonight. I do. Th- I still think we're going to see Sydney LaRue um, come back here at home, um, get some minutes, which I think just the morale boost of that, of this Angel City team who's had some really difficult injuries that they've overcome um, and are overcoming, that's going to give them an extra little boost. And it might not be Sydney LaRue with the goal, but I think her presence within the group and Julie Ertz's presence within the group is always a positive. So I'm sticking with it. They need a win at home terribly. They only have one win this season at home. Um, so we'll see who shows up at BMO field tonight and hopefully it's rocking. I'm with you. I'm sticking with my pick. I'm, I'm keeping it with angel city. Yeah. I think they're going to get out there and get the result. Excited to hear you on the call, buddy. And thank you for joining me again on a three to recap thank everything. Thanks everyone for joining us on attacking third download, follow, listen to us anywhere. You get your podcast. You can watch us too. So subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third, and we'll be back with more content this week. So stay tuned for me, Sandra Rita, and Jordan Angeli. This was attacking third. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.